0: knowing that I went for it. Mm. I think that way too often people are pushed um, away from things because of fear. Mm. And...
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 79 of the Neuro Experience podcast. I'm Louise Nicola and I am your host. Mike Lee is in the house, not literally. He didn't come to the Everlast headquarters, but we did record a kick-ass episode for you all. Mike Lee, who in case you aren't familiar with, is a powerhouse, and he brought his A-game today. During the interview, we talk about Mike Lee's rise to professional athleticism. He took the non-traditional path and did it from sheer hard work and determination. This man's success was built from his mind, in my opinion. With a 20-0 perfect professional record that includes 11 knockouts, Mike is a bright, hardworking, quick-learning, power-punching professional boxer with a deep motivation to be a champion. Guys, before we get into the podcast, I'm going to give you a brief overview of Mike's story so you have an insight into who he is. Mike took up boxing the summer following his senior year of high school. And first stepped into the ring as a competitive boxer at his dream school, the University of Notre Dame. And it was there that he was a three-time Bengal bouts champion. He is praised by the boxing world as an athlete with sound fundamentals, crisp movements and varied combinations with knockout power in both hands. So if you're like me and you're obsessed with building your mind and building your brain to be an unstoppable force, then this episode is for you. Mike and I go into nutrition. We talk about his past. We talk about his morning routines. We talk about his challenges and life living with an autoimmune disease and how he still gets into the ring and fights for the world title. I want to pre-frame the episode by telling you that the audio was cutting in and out and therefore the episode won't be as smooth as the others, but we made it work, guys. And I think this actually fits well with the rawness of the boxing world. So I'm not going to keep you any longer. I'm going to shut this intro down and let's please welcome Mike Lee to the podcast. I'm so excited to actually finally have you on here because you're at a really exciting time in your life where I think that right now you're going through, you know, you're going to tell the audience and the listeners what you're going through, but I think you can give an incredible insight into the mental prep that you're doing, your challenges that you've been through, how you've overcome them. Um, And I know for me that I was once a full-time athlete, so I understand the pressures that are placed upon you right now and what you're going through. So before we deep dive into that and your story and where you're heading, I want to ask you this question, and that is, how do you start your morning?
0: Yeah. So for me, to be honest, mornings are always the most difficult for me. Uh, We'll talk about this later, but I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that flares up inflammation. It's always worse in the morning. So, um, for me getting up in the morning and whether it's putting on a heat pack or getting some movement, anytime I can get some blood flow going, you know, for a walk or something light always helps. So my mornings usually start off kind of groggy and I get some coffee and, and then I start moving around. And then I, I, for the past few years, I've been doing a lot of meditation, uh, whether it's different apps like the calm app or the unplugged app or whatever it is, I, I usually like to um, do something to kind of get my mind right, to get my mind off pain if I'm experiencing it that day, whether it be back pain or joint pain or whatever it is, Mm. Um, and then just kind of getting into the day. I usually – you know, my full-time gig is a professional athlete, but I also have a couple other companies that I'm involved in, and um, so it's answering emails and kind of just starting the day out that way.
1: Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, we definitely will get into that at a later time, but can you please, I guess, set the stage for us in terms of your mental prep? Because I know that you and I, we've talked before about what you're doing right now to do, you know, incorporate some brain training and kind of think outside the square to get that competitive edge. I want you to tell us what your mental prep looks like.
0: Well, I'm a huge believer. As I've gone throughout my career, you know, I'm, I'm 21 and 0 now, so I've had a long career. But it's something I've been doing, even as an amateur, um, is the type of mental prep and visualization. I, I first saw a sports psychologist early in my career, and I was very hesitant uh, to go, and I thought, and I was very hesitant about just the, even uh, the idea of uh, therapy. Um, but this was much different, and it kind of opened up my eyes and since then, I've really been into visualizing every single fight um, of my career. You know, I literally break down what it looks like in my mind. Sometimes um, it's five minutes. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. Sometimes it's when I'm playing music. It really, there's no set standard for me, but for me, it's when I can get into that moment and feel that moment. Um, And now I've evolved that into big speaking engagements. You know, I've been fortunate enough to speak in front of thousands of people and um, at one time. And then even, you know, a handful of people, whether it's division one athletes all the way up through executives and corporations. And so, uh, whether it's a fight or a speaking engagement or anything that I'm kind of nervous about, what I do is I tend to visualize that moment, um, as many times as possible. When it's a fight, I do it hundreds of times before training camp or while I'm in training camp before the fight. And I literally think about all the five senses. I'll think about what it looks like what it smells like, what it's going to sound like, what the blood and sweat will taste like in the fight. So many times that when I step in the ring, I feel calm. You know, you'll see on fight night on TV, I have a smile on my face and I'm loose because I truly do believe that if you can put yourself in a peak state and put yourself in that moment enough times that the neurons in your brain um, start firing and these muscle memories Start occurring. And by the time you step in the ring, you just feel so much calmer. Your cortisol levels are lower. You're um, you're in more of a focused state. And that's something that has really kind of calmed me and something I've done my entire career. And now I'm starting to do outside of uh, just sports.
1: Mm, I loved how you spoke about involving the senses because that's what we that's what we teach and what I think now with mainstream media they people don't actually elicit an understanding behind imagery and visualization and for it to really connect to your brain and for you to produce a habit and go through what we call neuroplasticity you need to involve you know smell touch and you need to make it as real as possible for your brain so I'm so happy you brought that up now I've been telling my listeners for years now how important rest is, not only for your mental performance, but also for your physical performance. And you've been very public and open about your autoimmune disease. And this is not something that you hear of from professional athletes. So is it harder for you to train and compete with this?
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I'm not going to lie. You know, I got diagnosed about four years back and I've dealt with complications in and out that have kept me out of the ring. I spent, you know, two years. Uh, about 18 months out of the ring, the longest period of my career in the prime of my career, I was 11-0 or 12-0, and I just started to get a ton of pain. I spent two years in and out of hospitals trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Did boxing cause this? Um, was I, you know, what was causing me to be in so much pain and get so sick? And it was really darkest times of my life. But I learned so much from that moment, and while I still deal with it, I truly believe that. Um, I'm so much better than I was um, mm-hmm. at that point. And a lot of that has to do with diet. A lot of it has to do with changing up, um, you know, things like taking, starting to take CBD and just realizing that the answer wasn't in prescription drugs. It seemed like every doctor mm-hmm. I went to wanted to put me on something different. Mm-hmm. And um, I just realized that my mind was either going to help me or hurt me in this. Um, you know, for instance, I like to talk about this all the time. Uh, people die every single day of heart attacks. And a lot of times it's not because of, it's a physical manifestation of the mental stress they put on themselves. A lot of times you have people have heart attacks that physically look very fit, but they're in fight or flight constantly. And so um, I truly believe that disease and a lot of things are caused or at least exacerbated by the mind. And so when I started to dive into this, when I started to get really sick, um, I started to learn so much more and, and, dove into guys like tony robbins and dr joe dispenza and i just chose to create a different story for myself and for me getting back in the ring was a test to myself it was you know not only proving to people that didn't believe that even doctors that didn't believe i could get back in the ring but um to myself that i could do it and it's crazy i mean i've won eight fights since nine fights since and now I'm months away from winning a world title so um, my entire career I felt like I've been exceeding expectations and overcoming odds both you know personally and publicly and I love it I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: It's like that old um, adage or, or saying where they say that, the people who come from the most pain and you know disruptions in their life are the ones who become world class leaders and world class entrepreneurs and athletes so i always believe that the more pain and more conflict that you have and the way you overcome it makes you a stronger person and a stronger athlete so that is that's amazing now what you just you did you did just mention in your when you were just speaking you did just mention that you're getting ready for the world titles
0: um we haven't really officially announced it yet, but I can say, and I'm not sure if I'll get in trouble with the network, but, um, I will be fighting for a world title, um, on national television, July the 20th. Um, and so it'll most likely it'll be on Fox. Oh, wow. Um, um, so that's probably the most details I can give right now. Unfortunately, even a week or two from now, I might be able to say something different, but, um, ultimately at the end of the day, you know, I just want a junior world title, mm few months back this is it this is the ultimate goal was to fight for a world title and Mm. i keep saying this no one expected me to be here no one thought i was good enough or or especially once i got sick and injured that i could do this but through broken noses broken hands this autoimmune disease whatever it is i'm here and so i feel like i'm playing with the house money Mm. and i've got nothing to lose and i'm gonna give it everything i have these next few months and pour everything i have into it because i believe in my heart i'm gonna win this fight And I'm the bigger, stronger fighter, and um, like I said, I'm putting all the chips in, and just saying all in. Mm.
1: I love how you said that no one really believed that you had what it takes because you went to college as a finance major, correct?
0: I did, and I didn't have a huge amateur background. You know, I started fighting at a very young age, but uh, for me, boxing was always kind of on the back burner. And it wasn't until I got to college I started fighting more, and I won the tournament at my college at notre dame and i graduated with a finance degree there and before i graduated i i fought in the golden gloves and i started fighting in tournaments and winning and then i got signed by top rank but you know obviously with any athlete you get this but um you always see online people they're like oh he's not good enough you mm. know people were shocked that i made it to 21 and oh people didn't think i make it to 10 and oh 20 you know so but the beauty of the sport is it's one-on-one Anybody can say whatever they want, whether it's managers, other fighters, other athletes. When that bell rings, it's two people in the ring. There's no excuses and no one else to pin it on. And that's what I truly believe my superpower has been is just – pushing through all that adversity.
1: So just on that, do you think that just giving your story and what you've been through, do you think that ultimate performance of becoming a world-class professional athlete comes down to sheer hard work and determination? Or do you think talent and what you're born with is what makes it?
0: I think it's always a combination of both. You know, I've had the privilege of training with some of the world's greatest athletes in different sports, and you always see guys that have incredible talent maybe practice or in sparring, but on fight night or the game night, they just can't perform. And so, yeah, I I do think that I was genetically like a lot of other professional athletes, um, born with a lot of talents, but it was also learned, you know, I was playing ping pong at four years old and learning hand-eye coordination and first brought on the boxing gym at eight years old. And so, you know, these things definitely somewhat genetic, somewhat learned, but at the end of the day, what I've seen out of the greatest athletes. And I know for me, what's pushed me over that edge has been hard work. Mm. It's uh, doing what others weren't willing to do.
1: Yeah. 100%. I, I, I think that as well. I think if you are prepared to get up in the morning, like you look at Kobe Bryant, you look at any interview he does, he always says that he's yeah. the one, you know, practicing at, even Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony says, this, he, they're the ones practicing their skills at like 2am in the morning. And you think, if they're the best in the world, why isn't why aren't people who aren't as good as that practicing? So I do think it comes down to, yes, talent is a small part of it, but I think it comes down to hard work and sheer determination.
0: There's so many hours and days that you just, you feel pain or you got to push harder and you work out so hard until you, you puke or you deal with injuries or whatever it is and the cameras aren't there. Mm. But the fight is won way before the night of the fight it's one in the months of preparation and that couldn't be truer now I'm learning with everything in life I mean boxing and fighting just has so many parallels um Mm. so it's very interesting
1: you live your life with no regrets what does that mean to you
0: listen it means like I said earlier I'm playing with house money here I I I was taught at a very young age that tomorrow is promised to no one you know I I have I have um always had that type of ideology at a young, young age. And I've gone for risky things and I've done things that have excited me, whether it was in the ring or out of the ring, uh, because I truly don't know if tomorrow will be my last day on earth or if I'm going to live to hundred years old. I, I just don't know. But at the end of the day, I feel like there's huge satisfaction in going to bed at night and knowing that I went for it. Mm. I think that way too often people are pushed um, away from things because of fear. Mm. And you can push through that. Some of the greatest moments in my life. I fought in Madison Square Garden. I fought at Cowboy Stadium. I've had an opportunity to do Super Bowl commercials. I've spoken in front of 10,000 people. All of these things, I was nervous before I did it. Don't get me wrong. But when you get through through something that scares you, big or small, it's the greatest accomplishment in life. And so that's what I live my life by.
1: Mm, it's, um, it's, I love hearing that because I truly think that fear— And regret is the two things that hold anybody back. And if you were living with that, then you probably wouldn't have pursued this career. You probably would have maybe listened to your parents and gone to college and graduated as a finance major and gone on about your business in that way.
0: Absolutely. And even though I have a perfect record uh, in the ring, I've had so many failures in my life, you know, in business, in life, in training, um, in injuries, in moments I wanted to quit in doctors telling me my face, I was done boxing. Those have only made me stronger. And it sounds, maybe it sounds a little corny, but I, I just truly believe that that's created the person that I am today. And I always felt like win or lose, no matter what, mm. uh, going to bed at night knowing I went for it is, is everything.
1: So where are we at in terms of like I love talking to boxers and finding out where where to next. So once you have your world title fights, depending world title fight, depending on you know how you do and, and everything, where to next? Do you just keep going from that.
0: Do I have another ten years in me or anything? No, you know I don't want to be fighting when I'm forty. I'm thirty one right now, so I feel like I'm in my prime. I feel stronger than I did at twenty one, honestly. Mm. Even with the autoimmunity, I I've got everything so dialed in, and I just have like what's known as like my man strength. And I feel like I'm an adult and, um, everything between diet nutrition and recovery, uh, taking everything so much more seriously. And so, um, you know, I'm not sure I have another business, a CBD business known as soul CBD that, um, really has taken off in the past seven, eight months. I co-founded it with my sister and we've got a lot of different athletes and people on it. And so that's been really fun trying to grow that business. And then I also love speaking. I think that, Maybe after my career, I could get into a little more speaking and kind of what I like to call turning my pain into purpose and teaching others how to get through moments of pain. Because when you look at me, you can't tell that you know I've had these tough days. Um, that's why I have named it kind of like invisible pain. But there's millions of people that deal with autoimmune diseases and issues like I have. And so any little bit that I can help them with how I went from a hospital bed to fighting in front of millions for a world title – Um, that's what I want to do. I ultimately, I I want to help and connect with people after my career.
1: So just going through your autoimmune disease, how much emphasis do you place on the foods that you put in your body, the, you know, alcohol, um, anything that like, I'm very big on nutrition and I don't just mean, you know, staying away from carbs and eating well. I mean, actually looking at the products that you're eating, whether it's grass fed beef, whether it's, are you having white, Rice, like I really love looking into that, and I really love looking into how inflammation is caused by food and what it does to your body. And I teach that to my athletes. So, you but you living with autoimmune disorder, how do you, how do you place nutrition on the um, on the scale board?
0: It's the highest one up there. Yeah, I would say nutrition and mindset are the highest ones. And like I mentioned, whether it's what you're eating or natural ways like CBD eat to help inflammation or whatever it is, ultimately we are we are a nation and a society of so many diseases now because of what we're putting in our body. And like you just said, when I go to a grocery store and the ingredient list is longer than the the box and you can't even understand half the ingredients, that's not a good sign. And so I have been fortunate enough to hire nutritionists and functional medicine doctors and really dive in and I've done it all. You know, whether it's a AIP restriction diet or trying no this or no for 45 days and obviously no alcohol and I, I've tried everything you can imagine so mm. but ultimately I think what it comes down to for people is eating food that comes from the earth I yeah. truly believe anytime as much as possible you can eat something that's not processed that's not out of a box that's from the earth, you're probably going to be pretty good. And then mm-hmm. obviously I've done things like IgG testing to get even more granular and see which type of foods cause inflammation. And Those tools are out there for people. But at the end of the day, that's just kind of the general rule of thumb. Like, you know, if it was around, uh, 5,000 years ago, if it was around even 500 years ago, it's probably, um, you know, a much better option for you.
1: Yeah. I always, um, I really strongly believe that everybody should go out there and do any type of testing. Um, so Mike, one of the pillars to success in my eyes is giving back to the community. And I believe in putting good out there into the world. And you're doing this now with the Mike Lee foundation. Can you talk to us about what that is and why you created it?
0: Well, yeah, you know, went out to Notre Dame. We, they definitely had a, um, uh, an ideology and a mission around helping other people. And so uh, everything from I've, I've spent weeks in Bangladesh um, helping out the Holy Cross missions there to build schools and teach teach English. and um, then with the Mike Lee Foundation, another organization known as Family Reach, that I really encourage people to um, google and check out. Family Reach is an organization I've been involved in for a while where um, it it helps kids and families that are dealing with diseases or cancer or sickness. Um, It helps them keep the lights on, you know, Mm -hmm. way too often. uh, Money is being spent towards curing diseases and cancer. And while that's amazing, but the time being the more immediate concern for these families is how do I keep the lights on while my kids in chemo? So um, they're an incredible organization, family reach. And I've been involved with a handful of their kids and everything from, um, you know, donating my time, donating um, fight checks, um, just getting involved with the community. So, that's always been really important. Honestly, it's, um, it's the best feeling in the world when you can, when you can give back and not expect anything in return. And it's been very rewarding for me. And, uh, um, I can, I want to continue to do that even after my career.
1: I love that. I mean, Tony Robbins always says the secret to living is giving. So I'm so for that. And I can't wait to, to one day in my career where I can start a foundation like that. Um, so as we wrap up now, Mike, I want to ask you one question, and that is what's the one piece of advice you would give to somebody so they can change their life?
0: Speaking of Tony Robbins, you know, he, he says a decision is made in an instant, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it may be years and years of something, but in one moment you can change your life in one second. So I always like to say the only way to learn how to swim is to jump in. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about that analogy, you can't learn how to swim from reading or watching a YouTube video. At the end of the day, you just got to jump in the deep end and go for it. And I really encourage people to do that, whether it's in sports or out of sports or in medicine or in charity or whatever it is. Um, I think the best way to make a change is to go for it, to fail, to get knocked down, to get back up. Um, You know, otherwise you're just constantly standing at the edge of the pool wondering when you're going to learn how to swim.
1: Mm. I really love that, Mike Lee. Thank you so much for coming on here and I wish you the best of luck and I have no doubt we're going to be seeing you jumping on those ropes, as you said, is the greatest feeling in the world and taking home gold.
0: (laughs) Amen. That's the plan. I appreciate it. I had fun.